This is Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about a Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We are now in Parsha's Mishpatim, and we try to do it now in a 5-10 to ten minute quick audio burst on the Parsha, just to give a little food for thought, looking at the Parsha of the week. So we've gone through these different Parshas, we went through most of the stories, and now we're moving over to some of the more technical aspects, which might seem harder to connect to a lot of times. I know for me, a lot of times it's very esoteric, especially when we move over to Vayikra, and it's a lot of sacrificial law. But while we're looking at Mishpatim, it seems hard to move from the Sinai experience in Yisro, where we're literally given the Ten Commandments from Hashem and stuff, and then we move over to things that seem very mundane, very technical, very tedious. But we know right away in the Chilta and Rashi teaches us, sources come from Chabad, when we look at the aspect of laws of the Mishpatim, why don't we transition from Yisro, which is about the 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 epic epic coming together of Hashem and the Jewish people and giving us the Torah itself, the Aseris, the Dibros. And why don't we come over to Mishpat and we learn about the slaves and we learn about these random different things it seems to be that are coming before us. But Mechadar Rashi points out, these are the laws, Elah Chukim, that are coming before you. The phrase and these, Ve'ela, implies that they are a continuation of what is written before. It is to teach us that just as the laws written above, the Ten Commandments in Yisrael, are from Sinai, so too these are from Sinai. We know that they're both coming from Har Sinai. Similar aspect of, of why we put Perkeovos, not we, but why is Perkeovos put into Nezikin? Why, why do we start off Perkeovos, you know, thinking about, you know, that this comes from Moshe and it came from Moshe to Yeshua. Why start off that way? Do we ever start off any other thing any other way, just like that? And the answer a lot of commentators give is that because other things seem obvious that it comes from Hashem. Only Hashem could say that you have to have a Yovel 49 years, you have to have a Shemitah 7 years, and that this to this, this to that. But you would think that when it comes to, you know, moral laws, moral obligations, and the way of the manners of the people, anyone could have written it. But Hashem comes to tell us, no, straight up, this comes straight from me, just like the law of the Hebrew indentured servant comes straight from me. And these are all connected, they're all on equal footing. There's no greater prevalence to one area versus another in Judaism, just like everyone is culpable, the Kohen Gadol to the, the the water carrier to the, the wood chopper. Everyone is culpable. Everyone has to be involved in the Torah. Everyone has to have equal footing and is equally culpable for Hashem in all aspects. So to hear, these laws came from Sinai, just like the the Sedibus came from Sinai too. All of it comes from Hashem and should guide us in that way. So it says, and these, to show it's a continuation of what happened before. All of these laws came from before. The commentaries also point out, since the majority of laws set forth in the Parsha Mishpatim are logical laws, the Torah wishes to emphasize that these two are divinely ordained. You might think it's logical you can't hold on to a servant forever. You might think it's logical that you have to give him room and board, but that wasn't always so logical. If you look at even recent history, the way that a slave is depicted, you know, in America and throughout the countries of the world, it was not nice, it was not good, they were not given equal rights for a very long time, but the way that the Torah defines what a servant should be, what a slave should be, is much more rights than even the the non-Jewish people thought of for many, many years. You have to give them room, you have to give them board, you have to provide for the children, give the wages right away, you can't hold back the wages, you have to give the wage each night. You know, you can't, and when it comes to, you know, returning an object or paying a wages, Hashem talks about in the Torah how you have to give it that night. If it's a daily wage, you can't even wait for nightfall, you can't hold on to a garment, 
especially if he sleeps with it because you don't want it to be cold. It's very empathetic. Hashem makes it in a way. You have to look at things in a way. So when we use the word slave, it's almost hesitant. It should almost be hesitant to use such a word. Really, it's more like a person who's just trying to pay off a debt and you have to provide him, you have to give him the room, you have to give him the board, you have to give him the food, you have to take care of him. And, and there are all these laws about if, if this one wants to stay and why you have to put the hole through the ear and if there's a girl involved, you know, many different aspects involved because the Ebenezer points out when it talks about purchasing a Hebrew slave, purchasing a Hebrew slave, there's nothing more difficult for a person than to be subjugated to another person. That's why the Parsha begins with the laws of how the Hebrew slave, quote-unquote, is to be treated. I don't have a better word for it. Really, it should be like a, a worker, you know, a, a living worker, basically, I would say, because he's only supposed to do that to pay off his debt. He got it over his head, and this is a solution, how he could do it. The law that the Hebrew slave... The Ramban, Nachmanis, points out, must be set free in the seventh year is reminiscent of the exodus from Egypt, from the from the exile. It sees Mitzrayim referred to in the first of the Ten Commandments. As the Torah says, regarding the Hebrew slave, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and Hashem redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. From Devarim, it is also reminiscent of the work of creation, because like the Shabbos, the seventh year, is when the Hebrew slave gains respite from serving his master. All time cycles are, are ordained as cycles of seven. To refer to the seven-day cycle of creation, thus it is fitting that this mitzvah should come first in our Parsha. This is the, the the aspect that we start off with because this is how we're supposed to treat another human who has fallen on hard times. All comes from Hashem. Hashem teaches us it all comes from me. I'm involved in all these things just as I wrote Perkyalis and just as I wrote the Torah itself and the Navim, the Ksuvim, I wrote all these laws too. You might think it might be a little logical, you should really treat them nicely, but you could see human intellect is not always so logical and not always so fair and just. Many times, many people did not have rights in history for many, many years, and you would think it's obvious going backwards, all these people should have the rights. But Hashem knew right away, and Hashem said, no, this is how it has to be. And of course, Rashi points out, why is it through the ear for the slave? Why the ear? The ear that heard of Har Sinai, for the children of Israel are my servants from Vayikar, yet this person went and acquired a human master for himself. The ear should be pierced. Of course, sometimes people are falling on hard times in different aspects, but Hashem is teaching that it has to be done in a humane way. It has to be done in a right way. When we think about different laws, different aspects, people say, where are these values in society coming from? And what if I just go by the society's laws? Then I'll be a good person. I told this to my wife the other week. When a person thinks this way, there's no there's no real aspect of keeping them in, in check. If there's nothing to fall back on and you just think you'll be a quote-unquote good person, where is the moral parameter? Where is the moral check? And where is the ability to actually say, no, this is not right and this is not right? There's no... It's a slippery slope. There's no real way to keep it in check because then you'll just stumble to the next aspect and before long you'll say it's okay for that guy to marry his horse. We should never know from such things because we need to have real barometer. We only have real barometer when it's Hashem's written word that can never change. We know a false prophet, if he changes even one word, he says one mitzvah is an avera and avera is a mitzvah, he tells you to do something against the Torah. None of these things are are in the right way. All has to be following in Hashem. And we think about mishpat and we think about the rules and the laws. All this comes from Hashem, just like every aspect comes from Hashem, and Hashem wants to show us that when we have the powerful epitome of the climax of the Jewish people coming to Har Sinai for the Big Ten, and then we come to the law of the slave, all these things come to Hashem. So remember, 
the real aspect, the real morality comes from Hashem, comes from the Torah, comes from the blue from, from creation. We should do what we can every day to follow all those laws, even the laws that you wouldn't think, but of course they come from Hashem, to make a difference in this world, to do good in this world, to follow those mitzvahs, to follow that chesed, to follow that Torah every single day, to make a wonderful aspect each and every day. This has been Tani Talks Parsha, where we talk about a Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.